Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Solo Spooky Stories. I'm Rob, your host, and today I will be leading you through another short paranormal tale that hopefully you'll enjoy. The, the last episode did receive a, a nice bit of positive feedback, so I think we'll be we'll be keeping this series going for another while yet. So sit back and grab a coffee and listen as today we talk about the enigmatic tale that whispers through the heart of County Fermanagh, the haunting legend of the Coonian ghost. So picture yourself in a quiet town in Northern Ireland where time seems to stand still and the shadows harbour secrets. Nestled in the heart of Northern Ireland, Cunin sets the stage for a spectral drama that's woven itself into the fabric of local folklore. Our tale begins with a man who has died in a freak accident, a soul that's effectively been denied the peace of a proper burial. Legends tell of a figure, ethereal and aggrieved, wandering the countryside seeking solace and resolution. The Cunin ghost, as it's come to be known, is said to be the embodiment of a restless spirit, forever bound to the land that holds its, un- its unresolved history. In the moonlit fields of Cunin, witnesses recount chilling encounters, a fleeting glimpse of a shadowy figure, flickering lantern lights in the distance, and an unshakable feeling that something otherworldly lingers just beyond sight. The air thickens with the weight of the past, as the Cunin ghost beckons those who delve into its haunting mystery. As we embark on the journey today into the spectral realms of Northern Irish lore, prepare for tales of midlight apparitions and the echo of sorrowful past. Join us as we navigate the foggy landscapes of Cunin, where reality blurs with the supernatural and the Cunin ghost awaits to share its untold story. So yeah, today we are discussing, as I said, the Cunin ghost. It's a story that I've heard before. I think when I was probably a teenager, I heard it at some point, but I didn't really know a huge amount about it. And it was a fun one to just kind of sit down and read about. There's there's not a huge amount on it, um, but it does seem to be one of those kind of tales where there's like local folklore around it. There's almost this kind of oral tradition. I talked about it in an, a previous episode with Suze, where I was talking about that in certain places in Ireland, there is kind of more of an oral tradition of stories rather than stories actually kind of necessarily being written down. So I think this may be one of them. It's, it seems to be that locals know the story quite well, but it's not really documented particularly kind of widely. So the old house in Cunin, it's spoken about today, as I said, among locals, and it's quite popular, but it, it has this dark legend that stretches back much further in time. Some say that it's just a ghost living there, um, but I've seen online other people saying that it could be a devil or some sort of fey folk. And then others have said that they think that it's much darker than that and that it goes back to dark rituals that were celebrated in ancient Ireland by Druids. So, you know, it could be something in between that, you know, it could be it could be a ghost or it could be some like ancient demon <laughs> that's that's lurking about. So, you know, that that's I'm I'm not one to, to tell you what it is. You can make up your own mind on this one. So the this this haunting takes place in a house, as most hauntings do. Um there there is a an area that it's kind of centered in. So the house in Cunin first entered, I suppose, the modern kind of psyche as a haunted house back in the 1910s. So a family that lived there, the Murphy family, they lived there for a number of years up to this point. And unfortunately, the father who lived there, Mr. Murphy, he died in a freak accident. And after this, it seems to be that the stories of trouble and kind of ghostly activity seems to have began. Initially, it seems to have just been a very faint knocking that was heard at the front door. When people would go to answer the door, there was nobody there. They then heard heavy footsteps pacing around in the hayloft outside. But when people went in, nobody could be found there. I can kind of understand why people may dismiss this sort of thing initially, especially like knocking on the door, you know, 
I, I know even in my house now, you know, I, I could hear a noise that does sound like a knock on the door. And a few times I've gone to look and there's been no one there. But I suppose it wouldn't really be a, a modern problem now as most people have smart doorbells. So you can just check on your app rather than anything else. Or but maybe that is scarier, actually, if you still hear a knock on the door and you check the app and there's no one there. So it's easy to kind of, as I said, just kind of suspect your own wits had kind of deserted you at this point. So Mrs. Murphy, uh, she actually decided to get her neighbors to come and kind of verify what what she had heard. And and just to kind of, I suppose, reassure her that, you know, she wasn't kind of losing her mind. And as it stands, they, they came over, they stayed with her. And sure enough, they heard knocking on the windows this time and the door being banged. And... I saw online it described as uh, one of them said it was as though something was demanding an entrance. So, you know, fair play to her. She she used the initiative, she got the neighbours over, they verified. But it seems to be kind of after this point that things kind of seem to take a turn. It's almost like the ghost was pissed off or whatever it is, spirit, demon was pissed off that she felt the need to verify its existence. And from this point onwards, then plates would start to fly off the table and supposedly beds would like raise into the air and then crash down um, whenever somebody wanted to get into them. So that is fucking terrifying. Like I can only imagine, especially like she has like kids and stuff in the house, like you're going to get into bed and then all of a sudden the bed just like raises up and slams down as you're trying to get into it. Definitely not for me. So out of just sheer desperation and I think obviously for fear of her family as well, Mrs. Murphy turned to naturally the church to help her as all good Irish people do. And the priest that was sent was Father Coyle. He was from Maguire's Bridge, the, the parish there, and he came out to visit the house. I would assume he probably came out with a certain level of just kind of like annoyance. I would imagine he probably heard all sorts of stuff at this point. So probably wasn't thinking too strongly about this one and figured he'd probably just come out and say a prayer or two and that'd be it. Uh, uh, that is not to be the case though. Apparently when he got there, he stood with his mouth hanging open, according to a quote I saw online. And curiously enough, he also brought an MP with him, which is interesting, like an MP, like a member of British Parliament, uh, Cahir Healy. I don't know why the member of Parliament was there. Maybe he was just in the area or he knew the family. I, I really don't know. But sure, he came in anyway as well. And the two of them were standing there and allegedly when they were waiting to see what the crack was, a large amount of pots and pans started immediately banging themselves together. And they also reported seeing shapes flickering across the walls which is fucking terrifying. So they're basically seeing these like shadows moving across the walls and they panicked. They clearly realized there was something wrong. And at some point, the local newspapers also like got wind of this and they reported in it as well. So Father Coyle, he realized that he was in deep and knew that he needed to actually kind of get a shit together. A a few Hail Marys wouldn't uh, cover this one. So he went off and actually got permission uh, to do not one, but two exorcisms (laughs) on the house. So yeah, he went and got permission. They said, look, you know, just to be sure, why don't you do two exorcisms? So at least the the Murphy family definitely got bang for the buck there. The, The priest came out. He did his two exorcisms on the house and allegedly it basically did nothing. So at this point then, sheets would get pulled off the beds and the Murphy family then reported hearing these kind of like large kind of um, loud groans and a kind of like a moaning noise in the house. So I don't know what the story is there, but yeah, the, the exorcisms seemed to do nothing. And, you know, I guess if, you know, we want to go down this rabbit hole, if it was an ancient demon, 
you know, pre pre Christianity sort of demons, they don't fuck around with with God. Like they're kind of like, no, we don't answer to you. You know, you go get your own shit. So they probably should have went and got a druid by the sounds of things rather than a priest. But sure, look, hindsight is twenty twenty. So after this, the community for some reason seemed to kind of turn on the Murphys, or m- maybe not necessarily the community, but the public and they started to say that they actually were the kind of the, the reason behind this that they had allegedly like been like trafficking like items of like black arts and things like that and that their son had also found uh, a book in the woods and used it to summon demons for his own benefit so not too sure about that one but at the same time you know i can see why people would think that the exorcisms wouldn't work if the son was summoning demons maybe father coil's uh, powers in exorcism just aren't up to scratch so at that point the murphys from what i can see they lived with this for a bit longer uh, and just through i suppose just sheer panic and i'm sure exhaustion and fear they decided to emigrate they they decided that they just had enough they couldn't live in this house anymore and rather than just moving somewhere else in ireland they actually decided to sail uh, or set off for america not not too unusual obviously for irish people at the time but you know there's something i think quite upsetting about the the terror that they feel in their own home that not only do they feel like they don't that they can't be in the house anymore but that they also feel that they have to leave their own kind of i suppose their their, their homeland so they set off for America, and I they would have presumably hoped that that would have been it, you know, that they, they had left the house, they'd hopefully left all things behind them, and that they would just start a new life in, in the States. Unfortunately, this was not to be the case. So it, it seems to be that these problems followed them. There's supposedly documents from the voyage, so at this time, obviously, they would have sailed to America. So there's documents from the voyage that seem to make it fairly clear that there were loud banging and uh, like groaning noises coming from the Murphy's cabin. And even it seems to be even when they weren't there. And it got so bad that the captain himself apparently actually felt the need to intervene. And he went and effectively like gave out to them being like, lads, cop the fuck onto yourselves. You're making far too much noise. That didn't seem to help, though. If anything, again, like in previous times, it seemed to embolden the activity even more. And the rapping and on the walls and banging actually got worse to a point that passengers around them couldn't sleep anymore. And they were just like suffering just from sheer exhaustion. I saw one claim that there was one boy who was so tired because of he was kept up the entire time that they were there uh, on the ship that when they finally got to the States, uh, he was so tired that he basically was run down and killed in the streets in New York by, I'm assuming, some sort of vehicle. He was so tired he didn't notice it. I, I don't know how true that is, but sure, look, uh, it's there anyway. So after they reached the States, the supernatural kind of activities and phenomenon seem to follow them which is kind of terrifying when you think about it that it doesn't seem to be that the it was linked to the house as such but linked to them which is a bit mad but anyway the as i said the supernatural activities continued for some time when they were there and i i don't know to what level but it seems to have been anyway there with them and gradually over time it seems to be that the activity became less and less until a point that eventually it stopped entirely. And from what I can see, the Murphys then weren't affected by this for the rest of their life. Unfortunately, from what I've seen online, 
I saw reports that their daughter was apparently so traumatized by this that she ended up being committed to an institution and spent the rest of her life there, which is really sad. So that kind of seemed to have been it. You know, the ghost followed them to the States, went stateside, got the visa, everything sorted, living there now. But then at some point, activity seemed to restart in the now abandoned house in Kinin, which is interesting that it seems to be that the ghost left with them, but then seemed to come back. Or maybe there was another ghost in the house entirely that, that was there at the same time. You know, maybe one ghost went with them and the other one stayed uh, stayed behind. So there's been reports then as well that since then, there's been these flickering, as I saw described, witch lights are said to move within the house itself that people have walked by and they've seen lights on in the house. They'd seen, you know, what seemed to be like movement in there. And as others have gone into the house to see what's kind of been going on, what the story is, they've allegedly seen like shadows in the darkness just standing there looking at them. Uh, I've seen another report of a group of people went into the house to kind of have a laugh. It seems to be that they're all kind of like teenagers or whatever, usual teenager shenanigans. They went into the house and allegedly when they got in there, something happened and they they left as soon as they went in basically and they were so terrified that supposedly none of them would say what they had seen. And then one final thing that I saw is that some people have reported that when they go into the house, they have this inexplicable feeling of just dread that there's just this feeling that there's something wrong they've said that they have difficulty breathing and when this happens then there's been sightings of old men and women who supposedly vanish as soon as you kind of turn away from them so kunin you know as 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 much as it seemed to be that the murphy family were the the source of this it it seems very much so to be still causing some sort of shenanigans and it kind of fell out of the public kind of interest then for quite a long time it, it kind of disappeared in the 60s and there doesn't seem to have been really kind of anything much else about it until very recently at some point in the uh, 1990s i think it was the northern irish forestry service actually came in and they cleared land around it um obviously for safety and ended up unearthing the the land the, the house again and it kind of immediately came back into the the public psyche so people then started exploring it again walking around it and kind of having a bit of an explorer so it actually got to a point that um I saw online was described that a, a local ghost expert was concerned that with the increased numbers of visitors, it would upset the energy within the house and that it would basically bring back the ghosts. So there was this kind of fear in the community. But from what I've seen online, it, do, it doesn't seem to have been um, particularly bad anyway. I, I think some people have said that there's there's still things going on there, but nowhere near the level of, of what it was. So yeah, you can you can actually go and see the house still. It it stands there today. It's it's obviously a very, very old house now, kind of sitting there completely abandoned and kind of run down, but it is there. And the community apparently now looking at ways of maybe uh, not commercializing it, but definitely promoting it to let people go and, and, and see it and kind of see what happened so that kind of ends the the story there you know it, it was a cool little kind of short story that uh i think the the interesting thing about it is that it's not just a haunting in a house but it's a ghost that allegedly followed them across the atlantic which is about very cool and terrifying thought so i i don't really know where i come down on this you know it's uh really really interesting you know whether or not it's a a ghost or some sort of ancient demon that's not for me to say.
but if you have any other short kind of stories or cases that you'd like me to look at or Sue's uh you know neither, neither of us mind if you have a favorite uh, host you know you can ask one of us to read it that's fine we'll, we'll be more than happy to to read out a story or read out any sort of experience that you may have had yourself or you know something that you've heard about that you think that we should look into and that's the same for the the longer episodes as well so we, we we're always looking for for new stories but I, I hope you've had, uh, you know, a, a lovely Christmas and you're looking forward to the new year. I, this will come out now after Christmas Day. So I hope you and your families have all had, had a good time. And as I said, you're you're looking forward to the new year. Uh, but with that, you know, I'll, I'll leave it there. I, I hope you, you've just gotten that little daily dose of spook in your life now after listening to this. Take it easy, guys.